hello there, and welcome to the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast. This is episode 203, and we've got a great guest for you, but I want to talk to you first. For those of you who are new, welcome. This is a nationally, internationally ranked podcast in the world for communication skills. But what we're really about is helping you to have more successful conversations. What you won't hear in this podcast are conversations about flatulence, otherwise known as farting. And the reason I bring that up is because I found out that there is a much more popular podcast whose name will remain unknown for you for right now. It's led by these two guys who make a bunch of money and a friend of mine was listening to one of their episodes and they were talking for like 20 minutes about the things that give them gas. And I find that not interesting to put it mildly. So we really don't talk about food, although it could come up, but we definitely do not talk about bodily functions on this podcast. We talk about things to do to make your work easier on you. I don't want anyone here to be working harder. I want you to be working smarter. And if people will do what you say, especially the first time, uh, then life is easier. So this is what we talk about in the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast. And it used to be right number three. We have fallen back to number four. And I'm going to blame you for that because you're not leaving enough reviews. But I did get a really good review recently. I wanted to read it to you. Interesting and insightful. This is a fabulous podcast with an array of guests and topics. I have listened to a handful of episodes and always walk away with new knowledge, fresh ideas, and normally enjoy a few laughs along the way. And that is from LAM, L-A-M, 713. Thank you so much. Clearly, you're a very articulate, intelligent, and very stylish person. So I appreciate that review. I would appreciate anyone that gets value out of this to please leave us a review. I do not want to get advertising. I don't want to spread the word that way. I prefer that we leave reviews to help it with those algorithms. All right, so today's guest is a woman named Peggy Klaus, and she has written a couple of books about soft skills. She's written two, and I've only read one of them. And the one I read is called Brag, The Art of Tooting Your Own Horn Without Blowing It. But Peggy Klaus was a producer at Warner Brothers. I have coached some people from Warner Brothers, so there may be some of you from Warner Brothers out there listening to this. But anyway, she was a former Warner Brothers producer, and she also wrote The Hard Truth About Soft Skills and Brag, The Art of Tooting Your Own Horn. She's kind of a big deal in communication circles. She gets on all the big TV shows, does keynotes. She also is called for political consultations definitely at the local, state, and federal level. So she knows a thing or two about not being boring, getting your point across. Having started her career in the entertainment industry, I'm really curious to find out if that helped her to be entertaining as a communicator. And one of her big points is that you have to learn how to talk about your accomplishments in a way that is entertaining and not arrogant. So without further ado, I'm going to bring you Peggy Klaus. 
Well, Peggy, it is great to see you. You're looking great. I just found out. Peggy is tuning in from Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is one of my favorite places. And we've already made plans to meet up there. That's how friendly Peggy is. Peggy, welcome to the show. And tell us what you've been up to lately. Well, what I've been up to lately is developing two new programs, which are really near and dear to my heart, Laura. One is around the topic of bragging, which this year, my book, Brag the Art of Tooting Your Own Horn Without Blowing It, celebrates its 20th anniversary, which, oh, which I can barely believe. I was asked about a year ago to create a workshop that focused a bit more on the complexities and challenges that people in diverse communities have around self-promotion. And so I thought a lot about it. I'm not a DEIB expert, but I honed all the information from my wonderful colleagues. And I created this course called Bragging Beyond Bias. And that is now out in the universe and being delivered to people both virtually and also in person, which, you know, I'm sure like you, I love doing work in person. I've really missed it, Laura. It's so much fun and it's just easier also because you're getting all those signals from your body language and everything. Exactly. And the other program that I've been up to is Unstoppable. And it's a program designed just for women, Laura. And the genesis of this, I do a lot of coaching of political candidates as well. And I looked at the world at that point and I said, women really have got to step up and step into their power and their light. And I created a survey that I did for a lot of women from ages 20 to the oldest was my voice coach, who's 100. And when I asked each woman Mm -hmm. what they wish they had had earlier in their lives, to a woman, they said, I wish I had had more confidence. Oh, yes. So I created a course, which I piloted, and it looks at the strengths, the shadows of imposter syndrome, perfectionism, lack of confidence, courage, taking risks, and how to activate that confidence and courage and resilience and moving forward. So that's also out there in the universe these days. That's awesome. Well, the thing is, the things that you're teaching, which is self-promotion in a not annoying way, which is indispensable in the business world. We operate in an ecosystem where it is essential. And some people, of course, we know do this naturally and incessantly, and they're not usually our favorite people. And we have this uh, bad experience and we fear being like that. But before we get into how to brag without tooting your horn, Looking at your bio and seeing that you started off in Warner Brothers as a producer. And by the way, I think there's some Warner Brothers people listening to this because I coach some people there. Do you think that you learned in your work as a producer about entertaining people? I know that you had to learn to interview to get the job, but is there any connection there between being in the entertainment industry and being able to talk about yourself in a way that's more entertaining? 
Well, it's a great question, Laura. And I grew up, like many people, with a father who said, Peggy, never toot your own horn. If you are doing a good job, you will be recognized and justly rewarded. Well, try that in Hollywood, Laura. Oh, I can't imagine. But let me just say that that works in school. I think those of us who were nerds and good students, and that also includes a lot of engineers and finance people that I talk to on a daily basis, we were rewarded for that for 12, 16, 20 years, but it does not work in the real world. And Hollywood, I can't even imagine. I really just can't. Well, I think that people look at self-promotion as an either or. It's either you're self-aggrandizing, obnoxious, boring, or you are very humble. And I think of that as ineffectually humble. And they don't think of there being a middle ground. So what the entertainment business taught me coming from that background with my dad was that I had to talk about my experience and expertise or I was going to be living in my car. (laughs) That's a motivating factor. (laughs) Everyone else was doing it. And so it was de rigueur, was expected. I got that there was definitely a wrong way to do it, which I didn't like which was what I call the dump, where people just dump out a list of stuff that they've done without barely taking a breath. There's no give and take in the conversation. They can be incredibly condescending and arrogant. They often don't inquire about you and they don't shut up. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is so true. I mean, I used to think it was me that you're at a party And you ask a question, you know, like, how long have you lived here is a common question and where I live. And then I don't say anything. So then you ask another question and they answer it. And then you ask it. And I'm I'm like, wow, you have no curiosity at all? (laughs) Yeah, I have been really astounded recently of the level of narcissism. Yes, it's like an epidemic. It is an epidemic. And people will say to me, well, Peg, I think it's because of the pandemic. People were shut in. They really are just so desirous of getting it all out and seeing people and talking to people. I said, but where is the art of conversation and friendship? Yeah, I don't know. You got another book to write, Peggy. Oh, God. (laughs) All right. So, this book about bragging is 25 years old. So, take us back. I have it all marked up. So on one page in the introduction, she's got this like vocabulary, brag, brag bites, brag logs, a whole <laughs> vocabulary. Like, tell us about how this book came to life. Okay. Well, first of all, you gave it five more years than it's been on the market. So it's only 20 years. It oh, was 20. Okay. 2003. So I came upon that dictionary that I call it because I realized that there were certain things that needed to be included when one is bragging artfully and gracefully, whether it be in the workplace or personally. And by the way, I think it's really important in the personal realm to be able to talk about yourself. And I have had countless, especially women, come to me and say, this has been so helpful for me because I'm a stay-at-home mother. And when I go to cocktail parties or neighborhood barbecues, I don't know what to say to people. 
oh, I'm just a this. Oh, yes. Please don't say the word just. I'm just. And I said, look how small you're making. Look at what you've done. And when I worked with a woman who was working inside the home, and I really mean working because I think that's the hardest work you can do. I totally agree. And you get no pay raises. No, and it's really important for women and men who are working at home to be able to be proud of themselves and the, quote, work that they're doing. So I created this dictionary and some of the things that you described, brag bites are just little snippets of impressive information that you express in a brief, quotable manner. They can be something that a client has said about you or a family member has said about you, a success you've just had, an obstacle you've overcome. And you weave it into what I call a bragalogue, which is, yes, a name that I made up. I love it. It is the combination of monologue and bragging. And a bragalogue is a short, pithy, conversational, perhaps anywhere from 15 to 30 second, and I'll put this in quotes, monologue about you, about what you're doing, what you've done. It can be the answer to, so tell me about yourself. And then you go into a very entertaining, interesting, again, short, succinct little bragalogue. But the thing is, Peggy, that's sharing who you are and sharing who you really are, that you're not just in anything, just a project manager, just a program manager. No, you've done things. I want to address, in case you have an answer about what to do in social situations like this, but this is last century. This is 1995. I'd been living in Germany and Venezuela. I'd been living in the capital city. I'd started a newsletter. I had this very interesting entrepreneurial career in Caracas, Venezuela. And circumstances were bringing my husband and me and our two kids at the time from a city of 5 million to a town of 10,000 people in eastern North Carolina. And so I was excited to get back to the States. And the whole time I'm packing, I have a newborn and a four-year-old. And I'm thinking, wow, I have to think everybody's going to be asking me, Laura, what is it like to move from a country capital, developing country to a town of 10,000 people? Like, how am I going to answer that? And do you know that I lived in that small town for nine years and not one person ever asked about that. And I was preparing my bragalogue, <laughs> not, not that it was a bragalogue. I mean, I thought it was interesting, right? But I was waiting for someone to ask and they never asked. So should I have just said, oh, that's so interesting back in Venezuela, blah, 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 or what? Sure. And I think timing, as you well know, appropriateness of situation and setting is very important when you are talking about yourself. I think you could have woven that really well into a conversation. Oh, this is so different than when I was in Caracas, right? Or, oh, that's so interesting how you see that because where I lived in Caracas, the whatever it is that you're going to Right, 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 was different. So that's a great point. And I want to say, because I know some of you, because I read your minds, because we have the same mind sometimes, (laughs) 
that instead of doing that, being creative and just weaving it in, we get our feelings hurt or we feel like, well, these people, they're just not interested in me. We make these wrong assumptions that just bring the energy down. So just because someone doesn't ask you doesn't mean you can't bring it up as an interesting tidbit of conversation, right? Absolutely. And sometimes giving people the benefit of the doubt, they may be uncomfortable asking you personal questions. You and I don't think of personal. We think of it as, oh, isn't this wonderful? We get to know her. And we know that she lived in this very exotic place. So wouldn't it be great? But a lot of people don't think about that. They think about it as interfering. Oh, that's a great insight. This is this is a little sound effect because we're saying things that are not only interesting that have nothing to do with what I prepared for our conversation today. But I love that we're getting into the social part because that affects everybody. As a communication coach and teacher, expert, I've been in this a long time and I'll think, now I really do know it all. And then I talk to somebody like Peggy and I'm like, nope, you have a lot, lot to go, a long ways to go, Laura. So you mentioned in your book, somebody had a very ordinary job, you know, they were not secretary of state or they weren't president. They were like an accountant or something, but had been in the military and had flown on dangerous missions. Super interesting. But what if you haven't done that? And I know you have some questions, but why don't you talk us through it? I think a lot of the people listening are like, well, I haven't really done anything. And yet, if you and I were to talk to them, we would find that. But how can they find it themselves? Well, I think the first thing they can do is to gather a group of friends and ask them, you know my background. What do you think really stands out? What do you think are my strengths? What do you think are my great attributes, characteristics, talents, and record it? Yeah, that's a great idea. And actually, someone did that for me. My brief stint in corporate America. Mary Chris, if you're listening, this is a shout out to you. I speak some languages, and she saw this tie-in between the language ability and being a communication expert. And even though it seems kind of obvious, it wasn't obvious to me at all. When I read that about you, I thought, oh, I've got to tell her how jealous I am. <laughs> you just need a new boyfriend that's from a country. And then, now you tell me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, hey guys, how is this free, right? We're even giving how to learn a language tip. I think a lot of people, as you know, Laura, denigrate themselves. Yes. And they don't give themselves the license to really be proud of what they've done. And yes, how many of us are secretaries of states or presidents of countries or whatever? So I think we have to do an inventory, reflect on it yourself. And every time that you think, oh, that's not really such a big idea, and you start to cross it out, stop and just let it be and just sit with it. As you know, there are some people that can make a trip to the visiting machine sound like an epic adventure, right? How can we take the accomplishment that was big in our lives? What is it that makes it interesting? Is there a recipe for that? You know, the bragalog, as I talked about, or a flyby, which is simply when you're in the office, if anybody's in the office these days, 
And the boss or the CEO, the president or your colleague flies by and they say, so how are things going? And instead of going, well, not bad or it's okay, you can provide a little flyby, which is exciting. It's a bit of a story. It's vivid. It uses images. It's descriptive. And stylistically, it's conversational and it's delivered with energy, enthusiasm, and delight rather than, oh, things aren't bad, right? I mean, that is such a downer. Or I'm okay. That's the worst to me. (laughs) I tell people to have those flybys ready. Oh, things are great. I just completed our six-month project and I think it looks really great. Can't wait for you to see it. That has a whole different resonance. Yes, I'm going to, this is our uh, sound effect for the take note. (laughs) The flyby, yes. The flyby. And you know this for being a communications expert. It's enthusiasm and energy with everything that comes out of your mouth. If you are monotone and look and sound like you do not care about being there, That relates to your audience and they know it and they start getting on their phones and walking out. So the flyby, that is such a cool thing because you can use that every day. Even on Zoom, I tell my clients to use it, right? When you get on Zoom and everybody is very tightly kind of scripted and timed and they think there's no time. So I say to my leaders, why don't you open it up for a time to say, Give me a flyby. Give me some good news. Tell me a success. And this is your time when you can talk to your colleagues about something you're delighted about. And the thing is, my little introvert friends, that we always feel like we're being caught by surprise and our brain goes into deep freeze. But you can prepare. Peggy has already said, you're going to prepare your flyby. What from this weekend? Can I share when people ask me, how was your weekend? It could be a movie that you saw. It could be cookies that you baked. It could be your kid's soccer game. It is preparing, prepare to delight. What made you laugh? What was unexpected? What are you proud of? Prepare that little, I love that, fly by. 80% of the time when you do not prepare, Mm -hmm. you wing it you fail to impact your audience in the way that you should. 20% of the time, when you don't prepare slash wing it, you succeed. And unfortunately, Laura and audience, this is just enough of a reinforcer for professionals not to prepare or practice. And then you put on top of that, and you know this better than anyone, Laura, in the workplace, how often do you really get direct, honest, and often difficult feedback? So no one's going to come up after a speech that the president just gave and said, oh, that really sucked. Yeah. You really, that was, you need some help, right? (laughs) Which is why they call people like us in. Because we get to tell them, and where you can do this, this artful self-promotion or good bragging, as I call it, are certainly performance reviews, weekly meetings, as you mentioned, pitches to prospects, 
when you're in client meetings to tell them what you've been doing, parties, networking events, conferences, interviews, right? To me, this, right, it, it kind of brings me to how framing a conversation. And like you said, in the first impressions, like if you meet somebody at a grocery store or you meet them in a fancy restaurant, just that ambiance that you've met them in is going to affect how you perceive them. And just the same is the first conversation. Even if you are low person on the totem pole, there's no reason why you can't make a good impression and use an, any kind of chance encounter. I remember this was at my corporate job where I saw how bad I was at communication that I once got in the elevator with the president of the company. It was just us. And I was so busy trying to think of what to say that I didn't say anything. <laughs> I mean, in Charleston, we don't have skyscrapers. So it wasn't a very long elevator ride. <laughs> But if I'd been prepared, I would have told him something fun or funny. So, well, I've got a wonderful story about that that you and your audience will enjoy. So, one of my clients is the NFL. And long ago, when Tagliabu was the commissioner, my client, head of marketing, found himself in the elevator on Park Avenue with Mr. Tagliabu, and the doors closed. And the commissioner says, so, Leo, how are things going? And he says, well, commissioner, things could be worse. And they had a long flight up to the 15th floor. And the door is open and the commissioner gets out and says, nice to see you, Leo. (laughs) The doors close and Leo turns around and starts banging his head against the back of the elevator. I'm sure. (laughs) But you know what? The commissioner could have said, is there something that we could do differently to make this better? You know? Right. Why do you say that? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, why do you? Exactly. But anyway, again, lack of curiosity or, you know, maybe he had another meeting. You know, that's the thing that we never know. And to be lighthearted, to bring the energy up, to share about yourself, you're actually doing the world a favor, guys. Thank you. Thank you for saying that, Laura. I'm so happy that you feel that way because it is really a service to people. And in the workplace, it's a service to your teammates and your boss and your boss's boss. It's a way of having what I call into me see, but it's spelled intimacy, I-N-T-I-M-A-C-Y, intimacy, but it's into me see, and it's the ability to see into us. It's giving the other person that opportunity, that privilege of seeing into us. And if we don't share what we're proud of, then you are eliminating that possibility. Oh my gosh. That is another take notes. Intimacy, into me, see. No, guys, but it's not only that we're sharing ourselves. I think that when we share our accomplishments, that we encourage other people to do the same or to see, 
oh, well, I, I've heard that Laura's from this little town in South Carolina. We all know South Carolinians are ignorant. And look what, she, and if she was able to do this, well, maybe I can too, you know? You don't know who you're going to encourage. You don't even know who's looking up to you. And I, and even if you're the janitor of a company, there are people that are looking up to you if you're listening to this. Because if you're listening to this podcast, by definition, you're a highly conscientious high performer, and of course, extremely good looking. And that means that you're doing stuff in the world. And I believe that ideally, every conversation should leave your conversation partner better off than they were before. And this podcast conversation has definitely left me better off than I was before. And I thank you for that. And I hope everybody listening to this feels the same way. And you better write a review, my friends, or I'm really going to lose my temper with you guys. I want to see some reviews because this is platinum, platinum quality tips here. And we're getting to the end of our time together. I don't think I've asked you a single question that I prepared. Uh, So while we're at it, is there anything that you would like to share that you think Everyone who feels like they're not naturally gifted at communication, which I don't even know if that's a thing. Yeah, I want to look at the stigma around bragging. And you had mentioned people are really fearful about being boring. Yes. And the reason that there are bad braggers are for some of the reasons that I mentioned earlier. They talk incessantly. They condescend. They lie, they take credit, they always bring the conversation back to themselves, and they talk incessantly. There is probably very little chance that anyone in your audience at their worst bragging day would ever be a bad bragger. So you have to get rid of that framework that you have for yourself because it's keeping you stuck. Then if you really embrace the things that you've done and think about how you tell your kids how proud you are of them, you tell your sibs, your parents, your friends, why wouldn't you be able to do that same wonderful thing for yourself? That is so good, right? We want it to come from other people, but that's putting a burden on them. It would be nice if everybody appreciated everything we did. Trust me, I would love that. But you have to appreciate it first and value it. Exactly. And also in the book, as you saw, Laura, we have to take control of how other people brag about us. Right. So we're going to a luncheon and your friend says, yes. I've arranged this because I want you to meet so-and-so because I think you'd be fabulous for them in their work, then you need to say, you know, what would be really helpful is if you told them X, Y, and Z. Because to be introduced badly, and I'm sure you have on many Yes. I just want to run off stage. I want to rewind, say, oh, no, no, no. I mean, they mispronounce my name. They say things that aren't true or they deliver it in this horrific monotone. Absolutely, because you've been set up to fail. And by the way, everybody listening, when you introduce someone, you're supposed to be 
whether it's at a networking event, a meeting or a public speaking, your job is to set it up for success. That's your job. Right. So that's what I'd like to leave everybody with. In addition to, I'd love to hear what their stories are, their issues. They can find me at Peggy at PeggyKlaus.com. I believe the book like yours is on Amazon. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're going to link to the book or both of them in the show notes and a link to your website. You do not want to miss on the chance to talk to Peggy, to reach out to her, bring her to your company. She's got two brand new programs that are just hot off the press. She has magnificently adapted all of this expertise around promoting yourself or really sharing the good news about yourself in an authentic and interesting way. But she's adapted that to 2023, where the workplace is definitely a little bit different, right? Mm, In the last 20 years. So I am so honored that you came. Thank you so much, everybody. You're welcome. And I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you.